Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the sermon half. The sermon was given by seminarian Hepzibah Penumaka on February 10th, 2019, the fifth Sunday after Advent. You can find the readings for this week in the podcast description. I love visiting India, the country I was born in many, many years ago. I love spending time with our relatives who share stories and pictures of my parents as they grew up. I love touring the different sites of various popular places, such as Hyderabad, Vizag, and even the small town of Rajamundry where my father grew up and my parents got married. I love attending the home congregation of my father, St. Paul's Lutheran Church, where my paternal Hindu ancestors were converted by American Lutheran missionaries six generations ago. And did I mention I love eating the food? (laughs) Despite all of these things, the one thing I love the most is when our relatives would gather together at the end of the night to pray. Our family, along with the families of my mother's three sisters and my grandmother, would sit in the living room on chairs, sofas, or even on the mats placed on the floor, while passing around small song books or large hymnals and Bibles. We would sing old-time English hymns and traditional songs in our native tongue, Telugu. Sometimes, One of my aunts would tell a wonderful memory with my late maternal grandfather. We would recover from the sadness of his passing by taking turns to read a Bible scripture for the night and hear a short message from my father. Finally comes my favorite part of the family prayer, is the prayer itself. Every member of my family are required to pray, starting from the youngest in my family, with Joey, my youngest cousin, to the elder of the family, my grandmother. I loved this moment because it is in this moment where we tend to share where we stood in our faith, in our relationship with God, and most of all, what we consider to be the core aspects of our theology. My family comes from a range of Christians spanning from Lutherans to various sects in Pentecostalism, such as Assemblies of God and Brethren Church. So you can imagine the range of theology we heard in those prayers. A lot of Holy Spirit, an occasional speaking of the tongues, the doctrine of sanctification, and the doctrine of justification. You can tell who the Lutheran is in that order. However, in the midst of all these differences in theological beliefs, one of the things you will hear repeatedly in these individual spoken prayers is how we are not worthy, but God has made us worthy. God, we are not worthy, but you have made us worthy is a theme we see in the text for this week. Isaiah receives a vision of God seated on the throne and worshiped by the hierarchy of heavenly beings. This image was so holy and powerful that the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah is in complete awe that God would give him such a vision to the point when Isaiah realizes he is unworthy to receive such a vision. Why? because he felt a sense of uncleanliness because of his unclean lips and who he dwells among. 
In Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, Paul addresses the central theme of the gospel needs to place great emphasis on the resurrection of Christ. Not only was Christ a sign that not only was resurrection a sign that Christ accomplished God's mission and conquered evil, but that resurrection allowed Jesus to appear to many of his followers, his disciples, and even to Paul himself. Interestingly enough, Paul almost ends with the message with the admission, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Finally, in Luke's gospel narrative in which, Luke, in which Jesus had just performed a miracle with an abundance of fish after his newly appointed disciples had an unsuccessful night of catching nothing, Peter reacts to this miracle by telling Jesus to stay away from Peter, for Peter is a sinful man. Interesting, isn't it? Isaiah, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, Paul, the greatest apostle among the Gentiles, and Simon Peter, the rock of the church, and yet all of them, all of them felt unworthy to be in God's presence and to serve God. One might argue that this feeling of spiritual unworthiness can be traced to the 611 laws in the Jewish tradition of Isaiah, Peter, and Paul. I can only imagine how it must have felt since I too felt a spiritual unworthiness after reading 247 of those laws found in the book of Leviticus. Although the death and resurrection of Christ had ended the need to practice animal sacrifice for atoning for one's sin, the church would later revisit the sense of spiritual worthiness through strict and radical obedience to the law, resulting in a new religious system. This was a medieval religious system a system of self-effort and suffering to gain the halls of paradise, a system that included relics, purgatory, penance, fear, and uncertainty without providing assurance that one had ever done enough. As Luther searched the Bible for how Luther can practice this perfect obedience to the law, Luther realized that the only one who can and did practice this perfect obedience was none other than Christ, who also surrendered it in his death. This is what the essence of the gospel is about, which is what Isaiah prophesied about, what Peter historically witnessed, and what Paul spread to the whole world. Christ made us renewed in our sense of self-worth when he died on that cross for our sins and rose to new life to conquer evil. Unfortunately, we live in a time in which we experience a different sense of unworthiness. Technology has made life easier to some degree, but creates a sense of unrealistic perfectionism and false sense of reality through various social rules we are called to follow. People have used various accounts of social media to depict high success and popularity. What is not seen in those pictures or statuses is their experiences of pain, emptiness, the addiction, or even the parts of our lives, mostly the vulnerability in which one shields from those around them. This unmounted success and popularity might lead people to allow social media as means of gaining the stamp of approval on their self-worth. And for others, it leads them to the fear of missing out. 
As a result, many people have felt a sense of loneliness, anxiety, and even depression. It was in those moments that I realized that my relationship with social media made me feel ashamed of my body image or question why I was unable to be in a relationship as I saw my friends get engaged, married, or in the process of having kids. What was worse was when I questioned whether I chose the right career path as my friends posted successful milestones in their careers. It was in that moment I became blind to the blessings in my life, such as good health, educational opportunities, the financial security, and most of all, the beauty, love, and joy around me and through other people and the way God was working in my life. Therefore, it was in those moments when I decided to disconnect from the source of negativity and reconnect myself to sources of positivity. What was beautiful about these texts is despite the unworthiness Isaiah, Paul, and Peter felt, God still chose them to serve God because God didn't see their unworthiness. God, as their creator, saw their worth based upon who they were and not on what they did. We may let our unworthiness and guilt create a barrier from serving God. However, it is in those moments that God gives us the words of assurance and provides for us means to accomplish what God calls us to do. Sometimes that leads us to accepting God's call to serve him in letting go of almost everything we do. And each of today's texts, once Paul, Isaiah, and Peter are reassured and given the tools they needed to serve God, they let God transform them enough to the point that they could drop everything, including their lifestyle, and follow Christ. It is a challenge, and Christ said it was never easy. However, what helps us through that challenge, just like it did for Isaiah, Paul, and Peter, is the belief that they are worthy because they are God's children. That despite what they have done wrong before, such as persecuting the church in a previous life or even denying Christ three times, their worth wasn't based upon those failures, but by their identity as the children of God and followers of Christ. It is through this lens that this God sees something in you that others do not see. This God sees your potential. But most of all, this God knows your worth. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.